The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everybody. Help yourself to our teachings today. We hope you're going to enjoy this program. We are the open door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish promote and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. You know, over the last um, several programs, we've kind of waded in the deep end here with the subject of humanism and the influence of humanism in education, politics, media, culture, entertainment, etc. So we thought we'd kind of go a little bit to the lighter side of the pool today, and we're going to talk about light. Now, as you probably are well aware, the subject that we always focus on, whether we're talking about anything else of the Ascended Master's teachings, revolves around light, is centered on light, has its essential being in light. And I want you to know that as we proceed today's program, you're going to be hearing a couple of excerpts from a very important lecture on light by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And uh, she talks about light from a very high level. And we want to make sure that we put this in the proper context so that you don't go away thinking that uh, if you don't have a lot of light or enough light, you're not going to heal. That's not the case. But healing and light go hand in hand. So, Sid, I think you wanted to make a comment about that so that we can maybe just set the table. Well, I I think I want to set the table before I set the table, if that's all right. (laughs) Okay. Um, In the sense that light and, you know, just separate even from the sense of healing today you know, what is light? You know, light is the nature of God. And um, let there be light is, you know, how the earth and the universe came into being, you know. And so light is creativity. It's the power of God. It's the presence of God. It's not the opposite of darkness. Light is unique. Darkness is misqualified light, in essence. Mm -hmm. And so I think as we're beginning this talking about light, we need to understand the context of light as universal and how light changes everything. We have a phrase that the master is light is the alchemical key. In other words, if you want to change something, whether it's healing or anything else in the world, you introduce light. And the greater the light, the greater the awareness, the greater the enlightenment, the greater the healing, everything upon this planet. So you can look upon your own life as an equation of light and darkness, and you look at the, the planet as an equation of light and darkness. So one of the things we do and been taught to do by the Ascended Masters is, of course, our decrees, the science of spoken word. And what do we invoke? Light. 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 Yeah. We're drawing light down into the physical plane to change the equation of planet Earth. And so as we get, maybe Tom, we get a little closer to this excerpt, we could talk about healing and, and the master's perspective on healing, as well as Mrs. Prophet's, as we will hear one aspect of that, which is very high level healing at the different you know parts of our being, which yes. not necessarily the physical. Well, you know, before we began the show today, you said something I found was very interesting on, on the subject of mastery. And the fact that you can have within your being and within your aura a true sense of joy, the joy of being one with God, one with the light, while at the same time recognizing suffering and the, the negative effects of desiring. You mentioned Buddha as an example of that kind of mastery which can cover both ends of the spectrum. Well, that's, I, I think that's fascinating when we think about it because the, the excerpt we have, the first teaching Mrs. Prophet gives is on joy. Right. And it almost sounds like, you know, um, well, you know, you just have joy no matter what's going on in your world. And I think you hit hit it right there, Tom. Things can be exist simultaneously within your being. 
Gautama Buddha, as we've taught in the past, has, holds the office of Lord of the World. In other words, he is a, sort of the hierarch or the ruler of the planet, in, in a sense. He holds a balance for them. Gautama Buddha, his, I don't want to say theme song, but what, what's the word I want to use? His, <laughs> uh, keynote. his keynote is the Ode to Joy from Beethoven. Beethoven. Mm-hmm. So joy is his nature. It's who he is. And yet he feels in his aura everything that happens on this planet. Yes. So that's why we don't have to have either or. And, and that's something that takes a mastery and understanding because we all know what it's like to be burdened by problems, by life, by sickness or whatever, and yet to still hold that flame of joy. So they aren't mutually exclusive, let's put it that way, because joy is light and the presence of light in your being. Well, and I think we might find it surprising, we've mentioned this before, that the ascended masters can have an emotional experience, like Mother Mary's tears are often referred to when she thinks about the planet and its children, about life, you know, the subject of abortion, for example, that the ascended masters can shed tears as, as we do. And, and they get down on their knees, theoretically, so to speak, and pray to their father and mother God just like we do mm-hmm. for light and dispensation. And, you know, we think, I, I, I want to just talk about one misconception, if I may. Well, God is light, therefore there's infinite light. Yes, there's infinite light. But because of the law of octaves, because of free will, there's only a certain amount of light on planet Earth. If God flooded the Earth with all the light, it would be like we were you know, 15 miles from the sun. We'd all be consumed. It would be so intense. So we have to be prepared physically in every level for greater light. But yes, there is unlimited light, but there's not unlimited light on planet Earth because we have to draw it down. We have to call it forth. So we do need, to some extent, some protection like cosmic sunscreen, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have to get ready for it. You train for it. Right. And that's the reason that golden ages exist is because people have have invoked enough light to displace the darkness, and increment by increment, it just gets better and better and better, and one day there's a golden age. There's been many on this planet. Yeah, it's hard It's hard to imagine the way things are happening on the planet today. Right. But if we're going to have a golden age, which is prophesied, if people will, of their own free will, draw it down, then we have to have more light. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Light animates our beings, and we've talked about this a number of times. It comes down from our mighty eye and presence to our heart chakra and then expands throughout our being. It's what animates our form, and we take that pure crystalline light of God and we qualify it by what we're doing, what we're thinking, how we're acting. And this is one of the reasons we have so many problems in the world. Because of free will, people choose to misqualify an energy. Some people do it in ignorance. We've all done that. But other people, by their own free will choice— take God's energy and use it for their own selfish goals, for their, you know, whatever it is, dishonesty, lying, war. I mean, you you know the gauntlet of things we can talk about. And that misqualifies the light. And so, therefore, it, it has... <clears throat> It has a temporary power. It's right. not real, right. but because it originates the light of God, it's been misqualified with these negative things, we can feel it. And this is where we balance karma, because that light has to go back to the heart of God, purified. It can't go back misqualified. Right. So that's why the law of karma is so, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. I mean, you, you can't escape it. It's, and it's your very own. <laughs> We're seeing dominoes uh, fall over, you know, and uh, if you take just the political scene today, you know, pe- boom, 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 you know, it's coming back. People are reaping their karma because it's misqualified light. It's opportunities. You see a lot of people that have, they're high up, they're either in the entertainment field or they're in the, the political field, and they think they can get away with all kinds of things, and, and you just can't. 
ultimately things come home to roost. Right. But what it means for us as an individual, light transforms us. Light changes us. And, you know, if we want to be different than who we are, if we want to fulfill God's purposes, then we will work to develop a mastery to hold more light in our being. The more light we can hold in our being, the more good things will happen on this planet. I remember Mrs. Prophet talked once about when a plane crashes, it's because the equation of light and darkness, the darkness is greater. Uh So the more light will allow things to work out in the best possible way. And, of course, when you increase the darkness, there's nothing to prevent some of these negative things from happening. And we talk about the violet flame as a form of light, how you balance your karma, how you displace from your world, or, or as you suggest, Tom, as you transmute the negativity around your karma, it goes up back up to God, up to your causal body, and therefore you don't feel the weight and the mishap that karma will bring. Indeed. It's all an equation, and we've talked about the equation of life on planet Earth before. And if you don't understand that equation, you can make a lot of karma with good intentions (laughs) because you don't understand the equation of things and the use of energy every moment of every day and how we work and strive to make good use of God's energy. You know, and that's a program that we are planning on doing soon, which is, is being good, good enough? (laughs) Seriously, I mean, I think that's a great topic. Well, I think people are under the mistaken impression that by being a good person, you're, you're, you're good enough to do that, but you still have your karma to deal with. And good or not, that's your that's your job here. <laughs> well, there's without getting into the show right now, there's relative good yes, relative. and there's absolute good. Yeah. And I think we'll talk about those. And you know, uh, having having joy and having an understanding of the equation of light and darkness, that's why it's important to have joy because it will it will unburden you, let's say, from from all the darkness that we see. Yeah, well and in today, in fact coming up in a few minutes, you know, it, in terms of the equation of healing and the the role of joy and light in that equation, it's essential that they are there. But like you said, it's it's not to indict anybody who's sick to say you don't have enough light. Well, maybe this is a good time, Tom, just to introduce this subject. And I, first of all, I want to say that the Ascended Masters have always supported proper medical care. In other words, if you've got a broken foot, you don't ignore it and pretend it's not there. Right. You get a cast on it or whatever. And it's the same thing. And if you need surgery, you know, Mrs. Prophet always said, you know, you balance karma through surgery if it's necessary. So we have a, a path of healing we all want to pursue. But we want to make sure that, you know, we have an accountability to do things in the physical. And actually, we've been told that some of the dispensations of healing that are available from the medical profession are a mercy. Because mm-hmm. we don't yeah. have to suffer the karma for those things. And we have to take accountability for our bodies. And and one way, Mrs. Prophet will be talking today about light and how it displaces the unreality. And we have four bodies we've talked about, the etheric, the mental, the emotional, and the physical. So things have to start in the etheric, and then they come down through the other bodies into the physical if you want physical healing. So it's a, it's a diverse topic. And I think we're getting a segment here where she is talking very much about the etheric part of healing. But that doesn't mean you neglect the physical part. I mean, if you have, um, if you want your cells to hold more light and you've got some toxins in there, well, you got to get rid of those toxins because the cell can then hold more light. So you've got the physical nature of health and healing and then the etheric or spiritual side, which Mrs. Prophet talks about today. And, and there's another part of it, too, which I found very fascinating, which is the partnership between us and God, where we are omega in the earth and God alpha in heaven, the figure eight flow that there's no healing without God. Yeah, the form that that may take may be individual to the person, but essentially that's the even if the outer form. condition is changed, the core of it isn't changed, and mm-hmm. so it's it's destined to come back. And I think, and we just have a short time here, but I remember Edgar Casey readings. People are all, they used to go to him a lot for healing, right? And he asked the question or the voice working through, said, "Why do you want to be healed?" 
I mean, that seems like an obvious question, right? <laughs> yeah. But it goes much deeper, and maybe in the later segment we can talk about that. Well, as we kind of head to a break here, let's just kind of recap one aspect of this, which is that light is the essential nature of God. In fact, light and God are synonymous. And that light is part and parcel of what we are as well, because we are one with God. So we can't forget that in the equation of this that we've said many times, you know, God is the doer, that the motivating, animating force behind everything that we think, say, or do is light, is, is God's energy. So how we qualify that energy is essential to how far we get on the path. <laughs> so I just want to make sure that we're clear that as we go to the break, what we're going to be hearing when we come back is all about light and healing and joy. I think you're going to really enjoy it, so please stay with us. Back in a moment. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. Today on The Open Door, we're talking about light. Our yoke is easy. Our burden is light today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to be playing in just a moment here a, a lecture excerpt from Mrs. Prophet, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, on the healing power of light and joy. 
This is played now. Here it is. The Ascended Masters teach that joy is the motor of life. Joy. Joy is the motor of healing. Joy is the impetus to healing. Without joy, joy of living, joie de vivre, and the full power of release of all of your burdens, you cannot be healed. Joy is the foundation of healing, the desire to live, the will to live, and the joy to live. If anybody wants to know why they're not healed, it's because of an absence of joy. The absence of joy will take from you the fullness of life, which is healing. Now you remember that. You must bring joy to your patients, joy to your life. Joy to your plants, joy to your goldfish, joy to your dog. <laughs> you must be a dispenser of joy. And when people see you coming, they'll say, why, the sun just came out. The sun came into my room. And that will be the truth, because joy is the sun of your heart. It's the magnificent presence of God. If you do not have joy, you are not in contact with God, and don't fool yourself. The absence of joy is the first sign that you have let go, like Peter, and you are sinking. And if you want to get joy back into your life, go find somebody that's sadder than you are. <laughs> and then laugh at the both of yourselves for not being happy. We have got too much to be happy about in this community. If you've got joy for healing, next you've got to have light. There's no healing without light. So much light around you, it becomes a magnet, demagnetizes every one of those cells and atoms, lets the sun burst in the center, and the cells will heal themselves. It's light. We talk about nature healing. It's light that heals. And light is your true nature. Light. You have to have light. When you want light and you don't have light, you go to the light man or the light lady, somebody you can light your, your candle by. And so who's that light lady? That's the goddess of light. Amarissus is her name. Amarissus. How many of you have called to Amarissus, the goddess of light, in the past 12 months? <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> you got problems? How come you didn't call to the goddess of light? Did you forget all about her? She is a very powerful goddess. And the quality she ensouls is light. And if you're sick, it's because you don't have enough light. That's the whole reason. There is no other reason. Take all the reasons you've heard of the causes and effects of disease. The only reason that anybody gets sick is because they don't have light. I want you to forget all about healing. I want you to forget all about your problems that you want to have healed. If we have this great big boulder here and we're trying to move it, then we're going to be in a sense of struggle. And struggle never produced wholeness. So what we want to do is let go of everything. And what do we desire that is the ordinate desire of Almighty God? Simply to be God's light.
We don't want this condition healed and that condition healed. We have no condition. We are not in the human condition. We are a crystal vessel. We want to be filled with light. When you have attachment to healing, you will find that healing will escape you. Like a playful Krishna who runs when you try to catch him, plays hide and seek with you. But when you meditate on the heart, he comes out of his corner and he sits before you. You have to understand the psychology of fear that produces the desperate need to be rid of some situation that blocks all flow of light. Mother has said it is not real. Maya is not real and the guru is come to dispel Maya. As the candle dispels the darkness. Effortlessly, the mother dispels darkness. The mother flame is in you. You ought to better desire the mother flame than to desire healing. You may have all kinds of things wrong with you and not know it. And therefore, if you call for the healing of one condition and leave out all the rest, you're really cheating yourself. We will take nothing less than joy, light, purity, perfection. That's all we want. <laughs> Why should we ask for a thousand other things? Now this is a very serious equation. I have had many, many lifetimes to observe this. And I know that desire is the root of all suffering as Lord Gautama taught us. And desire for healing is the root of suffering. Now we know very practically speaking by the very science and law of harmony that something behind the physical manifestation of disease has gone awry. So we must desire to dispel the darkness. It doesn't matter what kind of darkness it is. You don't care what kind of cancer you have as long as you get rid of it, right? So what difference what kind of illusion it is? What's the difference what kind of maya it is? Why do we have to know? We don't want any of it. And none of it is real. There is nothing that is unreal that is more threatening than something else that is unreal. In other words, cancer is no more real or deadly than a common cold except your fear of it. Everything that's unreal is just plain unreal. That's all. It doesn't have any more power than that. But when the force is determined to destroy you, it mounts its ferocious steed and creates the greatest intensity of darkness so that you will believe it is real. And the moment you believe it is real, it has got you. Got you by your weakest point in your whole being. If it's unreal, it's unreal. And that's the end of it. Now, why are we subject to darkness? 
because we still think we live in time and space and we still think we are mortal and the prisoners of ultimate death, but we are not. We are gods. We are Christed ones and we are living in eternity now. And the veils of time and space have no dominion over us. Unreality can only exist in time and space. The cosmic cross of white fire is the mighty sword that divides and saws asunder time and space. It seems to define time and space, but actually it is the destroyer of time and space. The eternal now is our habitation. We are made of light and nothing else about us is real. This light demands repolarization. It's like a stagnant pool. A stagnant pool breeds disease, mosquitoes, and a whole lot of other microbes. A rapidly moving stream sparkling in the mountains moves swiftly and therefore cannot be contaminated. Did you ever try to go up Niagara Falls? Never heard of anybody doing that. Well, disease cannot enter the descent of light. It is too powerful. It is forgetfulness. It is maya. It is lack of movement in the mind and body. It is absence of will and the focalization of this eye upon what is real. We learn all of these things. We may spend lifetimes learning the systems of healing. We practice them as if the whole condition were real of this human maya and illusion, knowing at the same time that it is not real. This is the greatest vexation of the devils. Call them anything, but when you call them unreal, they are done for. They have no defense, except to try again to make you feel that they are real. This is the great message of Sanat Kumara. It is the great message of healing. To know we are whole and perfect is the first step, and the second is the flushing out of every cell of consciousness by light, and to learn to know where light is and where specific light is locked in particles of matter endowed with spirit for our use. If God could endow us with a flame, he could endow any other kind of matter with any other kind of fire or flame or light. Therefore, alchemists are those who study the light, know the light, and know its myriad qualifications as color and sound, sensitivity to sound and to music, the vastness of the range of music that is available to the human ear should tell you something about the nuances of light that exist focused as the flame in the bowl just as you are the flame in the bowl light in the herb light in the precious oil light in the mantra every plane of your being requires a different chalice a different type of chalice to empty itself into that level of consciousness in the physical octave 
We therefore discover the highest vibrating substances that are in harmony with our own being. We meditate upon that harmony and our Holy Christ Self tells us, will tell us unerringly what to eat, what not to eat, what to drink, when to fast, when not to fast. We have so many preconditions and ideas that we prejudice ourselves against the inner voice. When we learn the sound systems that have been handed down, that are blessed by the brotherhood, I'm not prepared here and now to give my stamp of my messengership on any system we have discussed, but to say that all contain elements of truth. The Ascended Master's teaching and path is the highest teaching, else we would not be here. We have all come here because we haven't found anything better. And to find something better, we know we ourselves must ascend. Yes, indeed, that's our goal. Well, when we return, we'll have more on the Ascended Masters and the personal path of healing. Please stay with us. on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening. 
listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back, and today we're talking about light. And I think before we go any further, let's kind of put things in context here. Why do we want to heal? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> what's obvious, isn't it? You know, um, but, you know, that's, I love that teaching because it says, what, you know, what is your goal in life? Is it just to be healthy? Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with being healthy. We can serve God more in some ways that we can be healthy. But why do we want to be healed? If illness is there to teach us something, if nothing else, it's our karma returning. Yeah. Um, and there, maybe in the next segment, we'll get into some other aspects of sickness. But it's there to teach us something. We're there to learn from it. And if we keep fighting it, maybe we won't learn it. Or the other <laughs> thing is people, and I, this is one interpretation I got from Mrs. Prophet's talk, was people make their illness their God. In other words, every life and breath revolves around their sickness. Right. And, right, right. you know, you have to deal with a sickness at the physical level. Sometimes it's just chemistry, you know. <laughs> and so, yes, you have to do that. But I think for me, what... What I heard, too, is that you can't make that your God. God has to be your God. You can still be joyful, but you still got to deal with whether it's physical pain or whatever, a disease or whatever. So I think the difference is in part a mindset. And, yes, it is unreal ultimately, but it's hard to tell that to somebody that is suffering. It feels very real to them. And so it's not a denial of that, but it's an understanding we are much more than a sickness or an illness. Yes. And if we don't, if we forget that, then how can we be healed? Indeed. And I think you know, one of the essential components of this equation is that healing is all about transferring light. So I think, well, let's let Mrs. Prophet explain that for Good a Good idea. Here she goes. <laughs> so we look at what has been handed down in the East and West over the ages. We listen to the Ascended Masters. We look at the dispensations of the New Age and we begin putting the components together of our personal path of healing. Mindful that very wise individuals have dispensed to us a profound knowledge. The physical body requires these formulas of food, of herbs, of essences, of oils, etc., to receive an impulse and a message. I truly think that God has created all of these systems just to get us to do one thing, to use our hands to transfer the light and matrix of the heart to whatever the healing medium is and to bring it back to our bodies externally or internally. I think all of these things are a part of the ritual of what really creates the healing, the transfer of light from the I Am Presence through our hands to our bodies. And I want you to remember that, that anything you use or any system you prefer is really the agency of the light of Almighty God who is the only healer. Just as when the light withdraws from this body, and the prana and the sacred fire and there is no more life there and it no longer has a life-giving quality so any piece of matter that might be an instrument of healing might also have the light withdrawn this is why we don't like to eat dead foods or heavily cooked foods 
more than we have to. We're looking for the highest source of life and light. But just as you know when the leaf falls that there is no further prana there, so you understand that matter in and of itself does not generate life or the life force. You are the highest creation of God, and your Christ self, through your instrumentation, actually endows the medication, the ointment, whatever it is, with a living fire, and without it, you are not transferring the real flame and the spirit behind the Good Samaritan. So we may continue our belief that carrot juice or wheatgrass or green drinks are the instrumentation of healing. It is so because man, as the co-creator with God, so endows it. And this we must know. Otherwise, we will begin to believe that matter of itself, apart from this endowment, has the power when it is God who is the power. So we can make an idolatrous cult of any system. Systems of health can become absolutely all-absorbing. We can go out and it will take 24 hours of our day to be totally engrossed in all of these things we must do. Whereas we must stand back and say, I will do these things because I am observing the law of alchemy in this octave. And I take the electrical charge of light, I bless this substance, I direct it to my body, I give it the impulse to go to that place, and I command light to heal. Jesus took the clay, mixed it with his spit, and laid it on the eye. Now we know clay is said to have healing properties. Now would you say that the clay healed the sight of the man or that Jesus healed the sight of the man? Jesus healed him, right? Jesus decided to use a piece of matter as a conductor of light. And you may do the same. As long as you know the difference between cause and effect. The causative power of the I am presence will establish what is needed, the alpha omega polarity in matter through your hands and your heart. Then you can say, the substance has healing power because God in me has endowed it with power. And the same is true with your heart. When you dedicate your heart, it has great healing power. And you look at someone who does not dedicate the heart, it is a mere physical organ that fulfills its functions to sustain a physical body only. So if there are living beings who have hearts without light and others who have hearts with such tremendous light that they can heal, what is it? Is it the heart that has light or is it the endowment of the chalice of the heart by the will of the individual soul and spirit that draws down the light of God? Ten people may take a certain tea, but only one may be healed. It is the endowment of light. 
and we know it is faith, but faith is a scientific principle of the transfer of energy from your heart. This is true in everything you do. You may consecrate life, and life will be holy for you. You may not consider life with reverence, and life for you will be mundane and profane. There are people who have no God in their life because they have forgotten that they are co-creators with him. So the way we walk around and the body we manifest and the consciousness we have and our health begins with this power inherent in ourselves to put our hands on this body and say, I command light and wholeness. Now there is no question, as you take, for instance, the herbal remedies of Maria Traven, that they are very specific formulas to become the agency of the specific light that must enter the ligament, the bone, the marrow, the blood, the heart, the nervous system, the brain. Very complex formulas of matter that are extensions of spirit that make up our bodies and herbs correspond. This knowledge is sacred and it is true. It will remain sacred if you remember that God and man as one give it life. God has set the matrix. Elohim have sent it forth. All of this is a reflection of the mind of God. God's spirit alpha sent forth the ray in the beginning. The way you heal is the knowledge that you are omega on earth. And you must give that matter the completion of the omega charge. Then it will be whole. Then it will heal. What do we add to these preparations? For instance, the herbs. We always add water. Water is omega. Water is universal mother. We are adding water to the fire. And we are getting a figure eight polarity. And it brings us back to wholeness. Now, I have the absolute conviction that you can be healed of anything you have, but you must get to that healing by the route I have just explained. That is the process you must follow. The non-attachment, the non-desire, the scientific awareness, internalization of the co-creator, endow the substance with the light of omega. You are a negative charge, God is a positive charge. You need both to heal your body. You are a negative charge. God is a positive charge. You need both to heal your body. So there's an <laughs> equation of light and darkness. And that is, you know, not only on the planet, but in our healing. And I'm thinking of, this This came to me, is that the seraphim of God, for instance, are noted for if they get in your aura, they will purge and purify your physical body mm -hmm. of you know toxins and so on and so forth. And yet, if you have a way to physically purge that, you work in conjunction with the seraphim of God. Do you follow what I mean? In other sure, words, there, yeah. like Mrs. Prophet was teaching, there are certain things you can do and introduce into the equation that will help their work that begins at the etheric level and will end up in the, in the physical. So it's a partnership with God and his angels that, that can really bring up about these things. And again, I think I would, would address to the point that 
the only reason to be healed is so that you can be of service to God. Exactly right. And fulfill his purposes and yeah. his will. Otherwise, you just may be mis- continuing to misqualify an energy. Why do people not live to the age of Methuselah anymore? What, 800 years or something? Um, the reason is because what they were getting into ruts and continue to make karma for 800 years. So by shortening the lifespan, it's a mercy. you get an absolute break there. Yeah. And so you come back for another chance to get it right. So let's be uh, devotional to the light understand the light in a greater way than we have before and use the light as God would have us to bring forth those things which are God's will. And if we have learned our lesson and balanced our karma, God wants us to be healed. He doesn't want us to be sick unless we make that sickness our God and we are unwilling to bend that knee to his high and holy purposes. I totally agree with that, Sid. And I think that the, the role that faith plays in that too, faith in your healing as using God's energy properly is, I think the quote that from her, her lecture was, faith is the scientific principle of the transfer of energy from the heart. Wow, not amazing. Well, let's take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes for our closing segment. Please stay with us. starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. We want to thank you all for staying with us for this um program today on the healing power of light. Uh, light, as we mentioned at the outset of the program, is the essential nature of God. God is light. We are light. Life is light. It all comes back to the same essential equation. And in terms of healing, it is a figure eight flow from the heart of God to our to, to us and back again. And you know, one of the things that we have kind of raised as a question is, how does God use sickness and disease? Well, first of all, it gets your attention. <laughs> I mean, how does God get our attention? If we're going in a certain way and, you know, making more and more karma every day, you know, you can see how the return of karma and sickness can really get, get our attention. Say, well, what's going on here? Why? And, and hopefully won't go, God, why did you do this to me when things were going so well in my life? But God is trying to teach us something. You know, Catherine Marshall, the wife of Peter Marshall, who was a, was a famous minister in the United States and the chaplain of the Senate in the 50s, when she got ill, she finally came to the conclusion that she had to uh, 
write to everybody she ever thought she had harmed and ask for forgiveness. In other words, she identified her illness with what she did. Right. And and not that God is punishing her, but God is giving her the opportunity to ask for forgiveness or to forgive, firstly. So there's many ways that, that sickness and, and, you know, how many times you heard this story where parents have a child with some disease right. and they get fired up, said, I'm going to find a solution to this for my child. And then they discover something that's applicable to thousands of people. Yeah. And what you know in that case, possibly, and it may be the karma of the child or the parent, who knows, but this was all orchestrated in heaven before they came into embodiment. <laughs> and the soul that the child that is sick may have volunteered for this. It might not be their karma. Well, that's a good question. Is all sickness karmic? It's not. Because what happens is God will use sickness to help other people. And this is the teaching of the saints. The Catholics have a teaching that's called victim souls. In other words, they take upon themselves the karma or the sins of others, and they will actually hold a certain balance for other people so that they may have an opportunity to grow spiritually and to move on. And so um, that's why you see, if you study the life of Padre Pio, I mean, half the time he was on his deathbed, it seemed like. He was <laughs> suffering so much. Well, that was so that other people would help. And one of the things you can do that I think may help some people in understanding illness, when you're sick or you have pain, you can say, God, I want you to take this sickness or this pain that I have that I am bearing, maybe my karma, but nonetheless, you can make this call that it will help others. In other words, there's an equation of light of darkness in people's lives. I mean, Jesus took our sins, quote unquote, upon him. And so if we are suffering anyway, why not allow God to use it for purposes other than that to help other people. And because people need opportunity. They, again, we're talking about an equation of light and darkness. If someone is contemplating suicide, what's gonna prevent them from doing that? It might be an infusion of light that comes because someone consecrated their pain or their suffering to help others. You just don't know how God can use that. And I'm not suggesting we're all gonna be victim souls, but I am suggesting that there are multi-purposes for illness. Now, there's kind of a fine line here. I think that we've said before, I believe the teachings bear this out, that you can't transmute somebody else's karma. You can't basically balance their karma for them. They have to do it themselves. Well, Jesus didn't balance our karma. I know. He just held it at bay. He held it at bay so we could have 2,000 years to try and get it right. So when you're talking about the mercy that we can give to somebody by carrying a bit of their suffering, it is for them to have... Not, I want to say an easier time balancing their karma, but making it more likely. Maybe an opportunity. Just that an opportunity, they, that yeah. karma would not have allowed them otherwise. So I think this is a really important thing to understand, is that we can make these prayers and make these sacrifices for other people in order to lighten their burden, but ultimately the responsibility for that karma being transmitted is right. still there. It's still there. This is the example of Jesus, you point out, which is which is exactly true. Yeah. But, you know, if people knew better, they would do better. <laughs> yeah, like and, you, like you know, God, give me one more chance. You know, so anyway, there are other purposes for sickness. So we shouldn't condemn people. Oh, boy, Tom, that you must have a terrible <laughs> karma. Look at you. You know, I mean, you never know the equation yeah. of what a soul is bearing. And the other thing, of course, is in our as we get closer to our ascension, we get very ancient karma. Yeah. And God has given us the tools to deal with that. So no one likes to be sick, including me. But God can use it for his purposes. And you may be helping someone else or holding a certain balance, even just um, energetically for people so they can have opportunity. Because someone has held it for us. Jesus held it for us for 2,000 years. And so in our small part, we can do something. So illness is here to teach us. It may be here to teach us you don't eat sugar. You know, I don't know. It it could be as simple as that. (laughs) Or it could be that we are so attached 
to doing certain things that we aren't willing to surrender to God. And it's a wonderful way to get our attention. Well, let me mention this uh, this uh, situation of assisted suicide. Many times what what can happen right at the tail end of, a, of someone's embodiment is that they can, like you say, they can go back and begin to transmute ancient karma through the pain and the suffering. And that is not the time to take exit. No. Yeah. In fact, you know, why do people have to suffer before they, even people that are on the path of their ascension sometimes suffer greatly in the last period of their life? Yeah. It's for a better resurrection. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's to balance that karma. And through assisted suicide, you're saying, God, I, we're not going to allow you to give this soul opportunity to balance more karma because it's too hard. Right. See, because people don't understand there's a purpose to suffering. There is a purpose to suffering, and it doesn't mean God wants us to suffer, but it helps us to understand life. It helps us to respect light. It helps us to use God's energy properly. It helps us to get in line with God's will. And yeah. if we really want that, then we should be happy when something gets us there. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I, you know, One of the things I'm trying to recall from the lecture, I think the first excerpt had to do with desiring to be in the aura of the mother flame or something to that well, effect. Well, desiring to have more of the mother in you um, than desiring healing because right. when you have more of the mother, sickness can't exist there. So, in other words, what is the purpose? If Do you want to be healed so you can, you know, have the, you know, easy years in your retirement or you want to be healed because you want to be a greater instrument of God's purposes while you're still on this planet because <laughs> life is an opportunity. Don't waste it. And, and and don't be the smart aleck that goes out and tries to endow a donut with light. <laughs> <laughs> chemistry is chemistry, right? Indeed, right. That's right. These cookies are light. <laughs> <laughs> glowing light. <laughs> I like that mantra. I am light, glowing light, radiating light, intensified light. Yeah. It's the beginning of light. Light consumes my darkness. Transmuting it into light. Thank you. It's a wonderful decree. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Oh, it's totally. very simple, but it reorients your whole body. It changes the equation of your body. It introduces light in your body. It displaces darkness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's the <laughs> that's word. it. And that's the alchemical key. Yeah. yeah. Al- alchemy being changed. Yes. Well, and this has been, uh, this, this is, is always fun to. We're scratching the surface here. Well, I mean, light is everything. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's deep and surface at the same time. I just want to make the point that when we talk about these things, we recognize that they're based in large part on a context that's defined by the teachings of the Ascended Masters. And if you want to know more about the teachings, please go to tsl.org and just go to the bookstore, look up teachings on light, teachings on healing, on the aura, on chakras, whatever you want, it's there. You'll be, I mean, it'll be a lifelong journey once you go. So. Indeed. Anyway, um, any closing comments, gentlemen, before we uh, sew up the show for today? Where are we at? TSL.org? We are indeed. Yes. You can you can reach us there. TSL.org. Actually at Web Radio. Web Radio at TSL.org. <laughs> web Radio at TSL.org. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Indeed. You're part of an Quran of light. You're a part of this whole fabric of light. So congratulations for being here. We appreciate you very much. And though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.